0: Hello and welcome to Psychotherapy, my name is Jet Dunlap and I'll be your host for today. Can I help you with some warm peanuts and uh, a hot towel? Can I help you with those? I've never been on an airplane as an adult. The last time I was on an airplane was in 1997. Uh, I mean, uh 19, 2007 No, I could have been alive in 97. I was a baby. For the purpose of this, you know, what do you call it? A lie? Yeah it's a my age joke if if you've listened to the show you'll get it this episode is about where i've been how i got to where i am and what i've done over the last year to completely change everything in my life and what do you mean by that Jed? i mean everything the office i'm in did not exist the doors i'm looking through did not exist the yard i'm looking at did not exist the thing i'm recording the show on didn't exist the chair i'm sitting in didn't exist My standing desk didn't exist, and I did not exist the way I am today. I changed everything. And you can, too, would be a cheesy thing to say if this was a BS show that was trying to pitch you on some kind of product. Have thicker hair. Be more attractive to the opposite sex or the same sex. I don't care. It's the 90s. You can do whatever you want. That's not this pitch. What I'm telling you is everything can change, and I can show you how. So hold my hand, look into my eyes, and let's walk down this psychopath together. Because this is psychotherapy, and it's going to start right now. Here I am. Just a boy asking you, just an audience, to walk with me down the path of my psychopathy. Relativity was described by Einstein as... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> You know, you think you're going to wake up in the morning, get into your 98 degree office. I'm not referring to the band 98 Degrees. There's no Nick Lachey in my office that I know of. But you walk in your office and you think, I'm Jet Dunlap, the mega genius. I know all of you guys think this. So this is super relatable. And you think, I'm going to sit down and start talking about relativity at 9 a.m. on a Monday. And that's the kind of bravado, that's the kind of confidence, that's the kind of je ne sais quoi that I want you to have. I want you to have such power, such radiant energy that you believe that you can walk into a hot house of sound and just spout off information about the general principle of relativity, not the special theory of relativity. Yeah, I've read a couple books on Einstein. So I was ready to do it. I was ready to sit here and just talk like a nutcase and was hoping that the mechanism that usually supplies for me the words before I can actually think about them, because I can talk faster than I can actually think, would give me that answer prior to the silence that took place. And even the mighty jet was not able to uh, go into relativity. (laughs) At 9 a.m., Man, I'm so happy you heard that moment, though, because it was two years ago, uh, I believe it was yesterday, that I had the now-famous interview with Ken at YouTube Studios that has over tens and twenties of thousands of views. Why would you say tens if there are also twenties? Well, it's on like two pages. There are tens on the... Uh, Facebook one. And there are 20s and 30s and 40s and millions, I don't know, on the YouTube one. I know there's a lot, but I don't know exactly what. I haven't kept up with it. How lame would I be if I had? So, when I first started tickling the ivories, that's what I call talking into this old dusty microphone that I got from my friend Chris Coy, probably 15 years ago, and this microphone you're hearing my voice through right now, has been on every single one of my self-produced red carpet interviews, my Battle of the Band show, Run Hollywood, JD247, Indie Thursday. Yeah, it's been around a long time. So, talking into this ivory, you know, tickling the ivories, going back to that reference, I always thought that meant that that you were like goosing elephants, but it turns out there's much more nefarious undertones to uh, to ivory. So, you know, if you're planning on buying ivory day don't do it. But yeah, it was two years ago that I uh, did the show that inspired this show. And I was listening to it. I don't like doing that. And here's this young boy, whole life ahead of him, in his 30s, you know, I'm still there. And he's got a beard of biblical proportion. Let's put it that way. It's a biblical beard. Biblical beards a sponsor of today's show. If you have a beard and it's biblical, biblical beards for all your beard and biblical needs. And I see this guy talking and I, and I hear the honesty pour out of me. I'm just talking about how the day I was going to ask my wife to marry me at club 33 at Disneyland, the place that was so special to me, the place that I used to take my girlfriends to, my first one, my second major girlfriend, and then Gina, I used to call it the Disneyland Test, because if they liked Disneyland, then uh, they were okay with me. Which, now when I say that, that's a pretty big pool of people, but there are actually some chicks who, uh, you know, didn't dig it. I actually got taken to Disneyland by a couple of girls, too, and by a couple I mean one. But that was pretty cool. It just doesn't sound as cool to say one, although being taken on a date to Disneyland... My girl is pretty cool in itself. I feel like we're getting off on a sidetrack here. So let's pull back onto the freeway of this thought. And that day, I got a call from my doctor telling me my blood results were back and looked like I had cancer. The day I was going to ask my wife to marry me. And I remember remembering, (laughs) because I remember talking about on the show, that uh, that was so hard to get on one knee and make such a special day for Gina. And if you look at my eyes while I'm at Club 33, a place that I dreamed I'd go to, but of course couldn't be sure I would, and that was supplied by my mother. She had the connection. You know, I never thanked the person who got us the tickets. I had asked Gina to write a letter, and then I didn't write a letter, because if I wrote a letter, it would... You know the Enigma Code? That movie about that World War II machine... The Enigma machine that couldn't be decoded. Yeah, my, my writing is worse than that. So it wouldn't have worked. But I have to think, I have to figure out a way to thank that family for helping me get to clip 33. That's like a note for myself. So I'm sorry you had to be a part of that. However, that place that I could not wait to go to, that place that I dreamed of taking pictures in front of the door of from the minute I knew it existed. I had to ask my wife to marry me with that kind of stuff on my shoulder. And you hear it in the interview with Ken, you know, BT dubs, or uh, spoiler alert, I don't have cancer. All those tests and all those mystery things that were going on with my blood and all those horrible, horrible blood blisters all over my legs and arms that happened for 10 years, they disappeared after I lost my mind and came back as a new man. A new person, a new soul, a new spirit energy was tuned in the ether by whoever tunes energy in the ether. I'm sure it's like a tar center. And so when I came back I was okay, but I was talking about all this pain in a raw real way and for those of you new time listeners that is the genesis of this show. I don't think that was Genesis, that was just Peter Gabriel. No, that wasn't Peter Gabriel. That was uh That wasn't Peter Gabriel. That was Yeah, that would have been Phil Collins in the air tonight, which was not about him not saving a guy from drowning and seeing that guy in the audience at his concert. No, wait, he couldn't have seen the drowned guy. How did that, that legend go that I told my wife and everyone who would listen about how Phil Collins could have stopped that guy from drowning and then he sang that song and then that guy was in the audience and then once the internet was invented, they're like, yeah, that Phil Collins thing is a lie. Man, talk about shattering your dreams. So that interview two years ago, it opened me up and then you know the rest is history. Look it up in the archives. Again, you've heard me talk about how in the future Civilizations are based on my Perception of the world on my show So I'm speaking to that group right now The Zarthanians, In the year 3000 But I went on that show For those of you who don't know And the Zarthanians to hear for the first time Jane and I are driving home And uh, Ken said something to me at the end That was very funny And and now I kind of see how it's self-actualizing He said, you're going to be famous. People are going to listen to this and they're going to reach out to you. People are going to be blown away. They're going to be shattered by your raw honesty. They're going to go, I need to know, see, feel, touch, taste, Jet Dunlap. None of those things happened. And I laughed when he said it because I thought, oh, you schmo. That's not what happens. I've been close to fame for so long, baby. I got the scars to prove it but I hang in there. That was what I was projecting. That is what I was telling people I was. And it took till very recently for me to realize that. I was in love (laughs) or in hate. I was holding value in the idea that I was the guy who snatched defeat from the hands of victory that stopped myself at the finish line. That dude in the cartoon who right before he hits the tape, he falls down or the guy who hits the finish line tape and gets bounced back. Yeah, I was a coyote, and life was the road runner. So we're driving home, and Ken was telling me how famous I was going to be, and I was talking to Gina, and I was thinking, I'm not going to be famous, but I could do something with this. And then, this classic story. A couple days later, a young lady reached out to me. She was about 17 years old, and she said, Your definition of the difference between sadness and depression resonated with me so much that I told my mom, and for the first time, she was able to understand that what I felt was not the same as sadness. She was able to describe depression to her mother in a way that both of them cried. And I said, okay, let's share this with people. I'm making people cry. I made a little girl cry. I made a little uh, mom cry. I'm assuming she's little. And I thought, how can I make other people cry? How can I make other people cry? I want to bring the tears to everyone. That, plus the desire to share something that obviously resonated with just a couple of folks in my purview. So I started the show with noble intentions, and that has been my guiding principle since the beginning and to today, which is an interesting thing for a guy who is full of me, Lee, which is Algonquin for the good land. If you're a Wayne's World fan, that'll make sense to you. But actually, a guy who's full of malarkey but has such sincere hopes, wishes, and dreams for people who are feeling pain. I want to laugh in the face of the torture that is our existence as a human, occasionally. The human condition has a spectrum, but recently, especially during this last year of COVID, it was difficult, and I wanted to lift some of that difficulty. And you know, if I got words and you got ears, I'm going to keep doing this thing. Hi folks, Jet's mind tends to wander and this is one of those moments. So we're going to try and get him back on track and get back to the show in one second. Thank you for your patience. I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I was too afraid to do it. I had a lot of excuses. Beautiful excuses. Elegant excuses. Excuses that were so radiant I could take them off the shelf and present them to someone autonomically without any thought you know those excuses you have those lines you have that are so rehearsed that you know them better than the name of your own children you dirty bird well I had those excuses I don't want to bring joy to the world I like being funny in person I'm a situational comic flimsy reasons for so long even my greatest fans could sing along yeah he had all those excuses yeah he doesn't want to be funny on stage because that would bring too much joy to the world. That was another line. Horse shit, part of my language, but that's what it was. It was me piling on lies so I could give myself a reason to not do what I wanted. Now, those things you've always wanted to do, those ideas percolating in the stem of your brain, if you actually have brain stem percolation, call someone, your doctor probably. So I did it And that brought me to screenwriting Because doing stand-up was fun It was a good buzz Bombing was more fun for me than having applause That's true because I forgot the applause But I remembered when people didn't like it The silence was amazing But that redoubled my efforts in screenwriting And I was able to finish my first screenplay Because of it So a lot of the time In my experience Which seems to resonate with most people Because I've read the books So, what I have seen is that often that thing that you know you have to do may not be the last thing you need to do. So, you'll be thinking, I've always wanted to do this thing, but why is it? Well, don't ask. If it keeps persisting, there's a reason for that. And it may lead to the other thing. You can't go from a little human baby slug that crawls around on the floor like a, let's say slug again, because that's a poor way to speak. So, you know, you can't go from a slug to a runner. After you're a slug, you kind of push yourself around and then eventually you start to crawl and you can crawl pretty fast and then one day you see all these bipedal creatures running around and you go, hey, wait, let me try that out. And maybe you do it on your own or maybe someone helps you. But the point is progress. That's us. And for some reason, we think that we start dying after we stop being teenagers. It blows my mind all the time that in your 20s, you're young, in your 30s, you're old, and then you're old till you're dead. It's like you just get varying degrees of old. You only get two decades basically the first decade is unconscious you're not gonna remember much from one to five and then five to ten is inertia and then your teens are just crazy so you only get one decade to remember and if you guys lived your 20s right then uh you don't remember much how is that fair how is it 20 is youth and then everything else is you better get ready to die The uh, Masters, which I do not watch and do not recommend to anyone because golf is an atrocity, but was won by a guy who's 50. I don't know his name. I stopped uh, knowing any golfer's name since Jack Nicholson because I thought his name was Jack N- Nicholas. <laughs> oh, God darn it. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholas and Jack. Those are too many Jacks when I was a kid. But I don't know golf. I don't know golf. Sorry, folks. We'll get back to the show in one more second once we fix his brain. I don't know golf. I don't know golf. Clearly, I don't know golf. I don't need to prove that to you. I I don't know it. I barely know how to speak. But the guy who won the Masters is 50. Our president is 78. The best actor in 2021 at the Academy Awards. A worthless, worthless, worthless award show that I cannot wait to win. The winner of best actor was over 80. 80. After 20 is not dead, but that is not the point of any of this story. This is called a tangent. Let's go to some some, some music for tangents. There's your tangent music right there. My point is, you don't know what it's going to lead to. You get there, you get to the top of that mountain, and then you see the valley you must enter to get to the next peak, and that's what happened for me. So after stand-up... I started writing. Then when COVID hit, a weird, weird thing happened. Okay. I had been struggling with so many industries. Gina and I were deciding that we were probably pretty tired of being poor. (laughs) I want to put it another way. Poor is relative. We've never had to worry about the money in our bank, which is a great thing. Uh, But our income is not substantial. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least. And maybe one day in my memoirs or in my book, I'll talk about the actual amount of money I made over the last couple of years. And <laughs> your monocle will fall off. You'll be so blown away. Together. When I say me, I mean us. So I decided I'm going to be a firefighter. A firefighter. I need to make some money. Gina deserves a house. You know, even the psycho himself has feelings that it's time to give the people you love something more than living in an RV down by the river. I wish I lived down by the river. Chris Farley, living in a van down by the river is like everyone's dream now. He could see the future. Now, when I say that I wanted to give my wife something nicer, it was like a house and, you know, white linens and have her be able to wear white clothes. I've always said that only the rich can wear white clothes because I'm a dirt person and I live in the dirt. So I wanted my wife to be able to be a fancy. That's a noble thing, I think. And so I said, I'm going to be a firefighter. Now we started trying to get me to do math. We found out what the test was like. And I talked to my fire captain friend up north, guy named Rob, guy at my wedding. And he told me everything he had to do. And I went to COC, the College of the Canyons, the fighting College of the Canyons. And we looked into paramedic training. Now it was COVID. So I'm like, why not go to school? The most hated thing in the world for me and most people, because it's a terrible, terrible place where no good has ever happened. And we couldn't get that course And I'm going to go over this quickly. There was actually like a solid commitment at the time, which by the way, unless it's a commitment to someone you love or a commitment to something that improves you, change. People say jack of all trades, master of none. Why do you want to master stuff you hate? There's a lot of masters out there of things they don't like. There's master plumbers who wanted to be a singer. There are people who have mastered something that they do not like. So for a long time, that was my commitment. I tried to learn math, and it made me want to throw up. I got so dizzy, I got nauseous. Gina was trying to teach me math principles. I was looking on YouTube. I was watching this stuff that's for kids. There's a lot of great resources out there. It made me sick. Really sick. Like, you think you're bad at math? My brain broke. And I've got the paperwork to prove it, and you know that. If you don't know it, listen to the other episodes. I complain about it a lot. Or talk about it. I don't know if it's complaining. Then we decided to go back to school. What I mean by that is, I can't do papers without Gina-proofing them. Behind every great man is a better woman. In this case, behind a better woman is an okay guy. I might have been confusing. But together, we were going to tackle this thing, and then it became going to school. And then quickly, that fireman thing drifted apart and disintegrated into the world, into the ether, like Thanos himself had put on his ringed glove. And the real purpose of why I started this whole journey came into fruition, and it was always going to be that way but for whatever reason it's starting with the fireside this idea to become a firefighter resonated with Gina in a way that she wouldn't have helped me go back to school if it was just to pursue the film and television industry because for me it's going to be about thirteen to $16,000 closer to sixteen by the end of all this but I told you guys then I said listen do something now that in a year from now you will thank your past self because it is COVID and I'm going to save that for the next episode okay Thinking yourself. I really want to lay into that because everything in my life has changed in a year. Everything in my life has changed for the better. My body is more how I want it to be. My education, my house, my prospects, my friends, everything has changed for me in a year during COVID. Exactly like I said it would, people. I said a year ago, You can make everything change, and the year will go by so quick that you'll be looking at your past self and say thank you, and it'll feel like the next second. And that happened for me. So, what that led to was me going to school. I went to school starting last July. That's when I signed up. Right now, it is June of 2021. And I'm going to throw a shout out to uh, Jet of 2022. (laughs) You handsome bastard my god you are a strong beautiful tan taller somehow i don't know wealthy brilliant your sexuality is so palpable i want to kiss you from here and we are a decade apart i don't know what a decade is a year apart and we are a year apart but still your potency 2022 jet is wealthy beyond measure he's a wildly successful screenwriter and filmmaker He is celebrated in all circles of the independent film market, and he is getting his studio gig right now. He's done some other television work. He is so successful that it will shock me now as I say this. I don't even know how successful he is. But guess why? Because of Jet five years ago. Because of Jet 20 years ago. But more importantly, because of Jet a year ago. No. 2018 is when I decided to start doing this and started writing seriously. 2018 Jet has made this all possible. So, mwah, 2018 Jet. I love you, 2019 Jet. 2020 Jet, you, you son of a bitch. You just incredible, beautiful man. And 2021 Jet, my God, you glorious bastard. I say all that to say that what I've done over the last year blows my mind, and now it's in the past, and it can for you, too. All you have to do is make a decision and do those things. Those tiny little things that seem like nothing. Looking into the thing you want to do, day one. Day two. I'm not going to go down the progress. There's enough episodes for that. But here's what happened. I've been making films since January of this year. And the last three movies I've made are awesome. And the last movie I made has made people cry. And it's not like it's that offensive or racist or something. It's not that. It's emotional. And it's great. It's great. Two years doesn't it go by in a blink? Anthony Hopkins. Meet Joe Black, one of my favorite movies ever. He said 65 years, doesn't it go by in a blink? And that movie is about a guy revisiting. I'm not going to go into Meet Joe Black. Brad Pitt though. (laughs) Very good looking. Claire Fallani. Well, I said I wasn't going to go into Meet Joe Black. Here's the point of the whole story. And I think you already know. I'm just giving you a taste. I thought I could wrap it up all in one episode, but uh, I couldn't. I couldn't even say episode. I've missed you. I've missed you. I've missed you. Yes, you. You driving down the street. Yes, you with your ear pods in. That's what they call them by the time this comes out. Head pods? No, they call them ear pods. I don't know what they call them earbuds. <laughs> earbuds. You with your earbuds in. I love you, you're amazing, you're incredible, you are capable of things that you cannot understand, and I want that for you, a little boy, a little boy, two years ago was vulnerable on a stage at a studio that he had no warning of, he just went out and he talked about everything that scared him, everything that he feared. And when I thought about that show, that thing I did with Ken two years ago now, for the first year and a half until very recently, I hated that I did it because I said a lot of things in that that were too vulnerable. I said a lot of things, like talked about my delirium. And the way that Ken tagged the episode, it made it seem like I was losing my mind permanently, like it was a delirium I still had. I was afraid that would hurt my political career or my fire career. Incidentally, you know when I decided I wasn't going to be a fireman? So when I talked to my friend Rob and he said yeah, this sounds good. Maybe you could do it. It's not that weird for a guy your age, you know, of course in his thirties to do this. And I said, well, and you know, and I could still write whenever I want when I'm not at work. And he said, don't tell the people at the interview that. And I thought, I can't even tell them that I like to write. Well, there's a sign you're looking for. I can't do this. It was the thing that got me to the thing that got me to the thing. Life is not always progressive and linear. It goes to side to go up. Think about it, you never go in a straight line. You can't drive in a straight line. Everything is circumnavigating and tweaking and little, little, little moves to bring you to where you need to go. Take a GPS somewhere, are you always going in the same direction that the location is? No, that's not life. I really have missed you guys and I really have missed doing this. I've done so much voiceover, so many other people's projects, so many films, it is insane. In the last six months, it has just been my life. I've been in this editing bay non-stop. I'll talk to you about how cool the office is now on another episode. <sighs> I am Jet Dunlap. You held my hand. You looked into my eyes. You ran your hand through my thick pelt of beaver, Bieber, beaverber, Bieber, which is a beaver and Justin Bieber. Those are two things with a lot of hair. You ran your hand through that hair and you said, wow, you have a thick head of hair. And have you worked out? Yes, I have. Have you gotten smarter? Yes, I have. Are you more handsome and taller? All those things. Yes, yes, yes. A million times yes. I have to end the show. Stop asking me these questions and telling me these things. I don't have time for this. And I said it earlier. I'll say it again. If you got the ears, I got the words. These words aren't for me. I've been using a lot of them. So they're for you. You are hearing this for a reason. You know that thing you ask God and the universe for? That thing that sign, that message from beyond to tell you to do, be, or have that life you want. This is it. This is it. There are not a lot of signs out there that'll punch you in the face and say, this is it. Here I am, you know, vocally punching you in the face. That's me punching you in the face vocally because this is what you needed to hear. Have an incredible evening. I am Jet Dunlap. This was Psychotherapy. Welcome back. And at the end, listen to my message that tells you to uh, rate and subscribe. Listen, I already told you to like and subscribe a second ago, so it's not worth doing again, but I have been listening to a number of podcasts that have been recommended to me by people who are in the film industry or trying to break in, and they are absolutely atrocious. It is more than half of the show promoting products that they get paid from. So if you don't like and subscribe to this show, you're absolutely out of your mind, because it's the best thing on the podcast world. And that's what I meant to say. So keep uh, keep on uh, keep on trucking. It's clearly what I meant as well, and I'm not going to say meant to say again, so nice try. Talk to you next time, again.